Hello and welcome to You Had Me at Martini. I'm Susan and I'm joined by my co-host Melissa. Hello listeners. And today is an exciting day. (laughs) (laughs) Because we had someone ask for a topic. I know. I'm going to give a disclaimer. Actually, should I? T- I'll tell you what the top the text I got was, because as really? we said last time, one of our list we said pretty much yeah. any listener didn't have to DM us or email us because they all had our cell phone numbers. I know. <laughs> exactly. Melissa was right about that. Yeah. Um, exactly. Someone I know, and I'm not going to name names, said, "Hey, you know, we see all these, you know, advertisements for you know erectile dysfunction and poor men and their limp dicks, but they never." have anything about women and some of the things they go through later in life in regards to sex, mainly um, painful intercourse. So um, if anyone is triggered by the words vagina, vagina. moist, intercourse, vagina, menopro- or menopause, yeah. <laughs> then you might want to turn this off now. <laughs> if not, we're going to start with Melissa giving a little overview for any of you who have not had the pleasure of menopause of what you have to look forward to. And then I will get into um, painful intercourse and causes and solutions. So this is a fun one. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Susan and I will try to be serious. It's going to take a lot of self-discipline. So how immature that the word vagina is still, like when we grew up, you're like, you say it in secret, like vagina. Like, you know. But we you can, can say lots of adjectives that are worse. Yeah. No problem. Rolls right off your tongue. Yeah, we can. We can like just. Even just the JJ. No yeah. problem. Yeah, we can make a hooch. We have all kinds of words for it. We can cut. We can call it beaver. Beaver. <laughs> yeah, that was a good one. Clam. Like, well, that's Muffet. what it's like. Yeah. It mu- muff? yeah, exactly. I mean, okay. So in all seriousness, it's interesting to me. This is a very serious. Now I'm going to be serious <laughs> because. I'm sure many of our readers, if they are like you readers, and- if they are readers, maybe oh, right. they're sorry. listeners. Listeners, sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. We they have read read um, the New York Times article that came out of recent, which was pretty big, and I've seen it in multiple um, email newsletters that I get for, that it's been like quoted in parts of it, and it was a big article about menopause and women, and how it's it's not taken seriously by doctors. Even doctors who are gynecologists for older women are kind of like, you know, yeah, can't help you. But it's, um, it's interesting because it was a very big article, had a lot of um, research in it on a lot of different topics. But that's been, um, that's what started us kind of talking about it, because we both saw it. And we both were like, Oh, my gosh, this is great. And then on top of your friend sending the note, it kind of all made sense. But I think you're right. Most of our listeners probably are either in perimenopause or full on menopause or whatever we're in, what we call it right now, right? Where you haven't had your period for years. Aren't you postmenopausal? I don't know if you ever are postmenopausal. Honestly, well, that's true. That's I don't know, right? Because it doesn't change. Spend the entire night putting the sheet on, taking the sheet off. Yeah, right. (laughs) I'm like, dear God. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that ever changes, but um, I I think it's it's one of those things where it lasts. Like they, you know, it lasts on average. You know, research says it lasts on average of four years. So I guess maybe there is a start and end to it, but it starts when people reach their late forties and, um, you know, their hormones start changing and that's what drives all of the emotions and the physical changes and, you know, everything that is associated with menopause and the, 
how it, you know, how the um, hormones dip and how they spike and how they come up and what happens and what changes. So estrogen is the big one, right? That's the big um, one where people start going when their estrogen drops, which is the big thing. Women are prone to depression. Mm-hmm. Um, bone loss accelerates. Your memory starts to go, which does Brain not, fog. yeah, right. right. It does not mean when your memory goes that you're in, in Alzheimer's that, you know, that's very scary and that's frightening, but that's what happens. And of course the lovely weight gain that happens and it's mm. not just like weight gain. It's like a very specific in menopause to abdominal weight gain. It's the, it's the muffin top becomes yeah. like, becomes it's like a cake top. All the way around. Yeah. And it's like, that's the response, I guess, that your body is giving to fight, to hold on to that estrogen. And that to me is just like, so interesting that that happens that way because and you know it's like we already had to have our periods and give birth could we not yeah, give a break like how about fight it by giving us really nice flat stomachs and thin thighs yeah exactly <laughs> perky boobs like why don't you just throw us a bone exactly. and reverse some of this stuff exactly of accelerating it right they say that 85 percent of women experience menopausal symptoms i mean that's a lot So again, one of the best quotes from this New York Times article was that um, if men went to their doctors and said their penises are becoming dry and irritable and showing signs, right, of atrophy, that's Mm -hmm. a good word, that suddenly there'd be cures for them, just like there is for ED and all these other things, right? Like, but there is not a specific cure, Um, no. So there are things that people can do, right? And you can talk to your doctors about them and everybody has something, but it's an interesting, it's interesting because it has been going on for some time and, um, you know, there's ways that they combat it. They did, um, hormone replacement therapy years ago, right? Like in the seventies, I think. And then my mom did that. Yeah. I think it was still insane, but she, she tried it. Correct. That's another thing. Rage, right? The rage and the depression and the hormones and the night sweat. I mean, we can talk all about it. Everyone's had it. The night sweats and the day sweats and just hot flashes and the memory loss and forgetting where everything, you know, you just kind of forget. Like psycho. My mom was just psycho. Yeah. It, yeah. I mean that I don't. So anyway, so that's a little bit of what it all is. And it's just scary to think that so many people can't control it, don't know how to control it. Doctors aren't really that helpful with it and they don't encourage a lot. And I think that this New York Times article was also saying that everyone should be on some kind of hormone replacement therapy, but you got to talk to your doctor about it. You got to weigh your risks because there there are are risks with it. There are risks with Mm -hmm. it. um, And age matters with that. We can get onto that later. But um, so anyway, so that's the that's the background about it. And it's all based on the hormones and your, you know, your, it's interesting because you it, want to share with the listeners, the name, the specific name of that article in case they haven't read it so that they could look it up or do not have it handy. I don't have it handy. I'm looking for it while I'm talking about drive the JJs. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. It was the, um, it was a New York times article for sure. So yeah, while we're talking about that, we'll go ahead and. All right. Well, let's, let's talk about the symptoms. Sex. Okay. Oh, different symptoms, right? You want to get into the symptoms first and then jump right to that, Susan. Jump right. Okay. Well, I thought that the way you were talking, I thought you were turning it over to me, but keep on going. No, no, I want you to talk. Okay. All right. So, listen, ladies and gentlemen, if you're interested, 
when estrogen levels fall, which as we discussed is the biggie, when, and women approach and pass menopause, the resulting dryness and thinning of the vaginal tissues can cause penetration and intercourse to be uncomfortable for many women. The discomfort can range from feeling dry to feeling the vaginal tightness to severe pain during sex. And um, inflammation that may result from infrequent sex without sufficient lubrication can lead to tearing and bleeding of the vaginal tissues during sex. 17, between 17 and 45% of postmenopausal women, oh, there you go, postmenopausal, yep, there you uh, go. say they find sex painful. A condition that's referred to medically is, I'm going to try to say this, dyspareunia. It's D-Y-S-P-A-R-E-U-N-I-A. Um, and beyond the immediate effects of the pain itself, pain during sex can trigger performance anxiety or future arousal problems in some women. Worry over whether the pain will come back diminishes the lubrication or can cause involuntary and painful tightening of the vaginal muscles called, called vaginismus. And this result can be a vicious cycle, again, highlighting how intertwined sexual problems can become. So causes of the pain. Number one, as we said, low estrogen. This can cause the inside of your vagina to feel like sandpaper, tear and bleed during sex, itch, burn, feel dry all the time, or get shorter and narrow, which I was, thought that was interesting. I was like, oh, okay. Um, your vagina also gets more acidic, and the outside skin of your vagina, your vulva, may get irritated too. Second. This is so scientific, Susan. Okay, I'm, like, I'm just... sorry, but this is, this is it, people. I'm a scientist pelvic floor dysfunction. This is when the muscles that surround your bladder and vagina can spasm and they can also get loose or tight. The tension can cause uncomfortable sex because your pelvic floor muscles contract. It's your body's way of protecting you from penetration. And it's not something you do on purpose, but you will feel deep pain when you have sex. It may seem like that your partner is hitting something or that your vagina has gotten smaller and you may ache after sex. Or you could have weakness. Your pelvic floor might become less stable after menopause and your bladder or uterus can push on your vagina. Not enough sex. Another problem. It's normal to avoid things that hurt, but comfortable sexual activity, whether alone or, I love this one, whether alone or with your partner, can be good for vaginal health. Increases blood flow, which helps with lubrication and strengthens vaginal tissue. That's why it's important to treat the source of your pain. Yeah, there you go. So that's what they're saying. You know okay, what? Not it's done. Not, it's not, not done really. Hey, I'm interrupting. Okay. It's not really pleasurable, but you really need to do it to make it better. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lose-lose. Okay. <laughs> yes. Less arousal. The tissue in and around your vagina fills with blood when you're turned on. That tr triggers lubrication. But with low estrogen, you may not get aroused as fully or as quickly as you used to. And you may think about sex, but have less sensation or wetness. This may lead to less out of the blue desire in the future. And it's easy to see how things like hot flashes, mood swings, and sleep problems can lower your interest in sex. Really? Yes, I think so. Other things that may dampen your desire include not enough foreplay, relationship problems, depression, stress, worries about aging, low self-image, weight gain, lack of exercise, medication like antidepressants. Did you, I haven't heard moist yet. I heard wetness, but I didn't hear. Sorry, moist. sorry. I'll, I'll try to stick it in there somewhere. Uh, also scar tissue. Someone's women say that they have pain around hard skin that formed during the surgery or after childbirth. These scars can hurt a little more after menopause because the tissue around your vaginal opening is thinner. So I guess that's what they mean. They're referring to the episiotomy scar, I'm assuming. 
I don't well, a cesarean section is above your vagina. It's got to be where they cut for the episiotomy. I guess. Yeah, I guess. Well, all right. Well, anyone who has that, call me, text me. So relieving painful sex. Some of these are going to be really obvious, but there's going to be one I'm going to talk about that is, you know, not lubricants. Okay, you can try lubricants as step one. There's also moisturizers. I guess this is different. It, it, there's, they're more on um, like prescription. Um, there's one called Replens that oh. can work for three or four days. Huh. Um, they did say with lubricants that um, oil-based lubricants can damage condoms and make them less effective. But what I laugh at with that is, yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I guess if you're trying to avoid an, avoid an STD, fine. But if you, you're not getting pregnant, so that's yeah. not an issue. Yeah. Um, also, you can do a low dose of vaginal estrogen. For more severe dryness and pain that doesn't improve with a moisturizer or lubricant, ask your gynecologist and they could possibly prescribe low, a low dose topical estrogen. That will improve the thickness and flexibility of your vaginal tissues and increase the blood flow because the hormone goes directly into the vagina. It avoids some of the body's wide side effects of estrogen pills and it comes in creams, tablets, flexible ring, or an insert. Vaginal estrogen cream is sold under brand names like Premarin and Estrace and you apply it to your vagina three to four, two, no, I'm sorry, two to three times a week. I guess the vaginal ring is inserted in the vagina and stays in up to three months. And the vaginal tablet, which is called Vagifem, is placed in the vagina twice a week with an application or your finger. Some women prefer the ring to the tab or tablet to the cream because it's less messy. Up to 93% of women who use low-dose vaginal estrogen say it significantly relieves the pain during intercourse. So <laughs> that's a big, um, like, yay, vaginal hormones for that that's weird um then there's i'm gonna gonna try to say this but i'm not gonna do it right ospemithene i'm gonna spell it for you o-s-p-e-m-i-f-e-n-e it's the only fda approved non-hormonal treatment for painful sex during menopause it acts like estrogen to thicken the vaginal lining but it doesn't increase the risk for breast or uterine cancer like estrogen pills can it says it improves it improves dryness and pain and worked as well or better than topical estrogen. So you guys might want to write that down because it's safer. O-S-P-E-M-I-F-E-N-E. It says it comes in a pill that you take once a day and the main side effect is hot flashes. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> I mean, it might slightly increase the risk of blood clots or stroke too. So yes, it isn't as safe. Then there's oral estrogen which you can take if your doctor thinks that that's a good idea. And hormone therapy can also relieve hot flashes and other side effects from menopause. Hormone pills do have risks though. They have side effects such as headache, breast tenderness, bloating, nausea, weight gain, and vaginal bleeding. Okay, so you're trying to avoid tearing and bleeding and you take this so that you have <laughs> bleeding. Um, and yeah, then- my- Yeah, okay. Right. There's also okay. long-term estrogen, estrogen, which may increase the risk of uterine or breast cancer. Um, but I, I guess that's where you talk to your doctor and you look at your family history. Right. So those are all the things that most of us have heard of, right? But what I have a friend who did the following, I bet you haven't heard of because it doesn't come up in any article as one of the options, but you can Google it and it is the Mona Lisa Touch Laser. Okay. Okay. So- Hold on a second. So probably most of our listeners have had hot flashes. They I have. 
they wake up in the middle of the night like sweating balls or in the middle of the day all of a sudden you feel like you're on fire from the inside out and you're like oh my god okay. here it comes okay. okay so um we'll talk about that later but i've never had a hot flash really never Mm-mm. nope wow um, yeah um, you're lucky can't say i raged often but you know that's just part of my personality <laughs> that's what i blame that on but um okay so at most and and vag dryness the moistness i said it thank you the moistness has definitely you wouldn't have thought about that like being a thing i remember pre, you know but what do you are you didn't say what this all attributed to you're on hormone replacement like where where are you going yeah 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 yeah, yeah. oh but, you forgot to mention that yeah. Yeah, I know. But we're going to talk about that later. But my big thing is I'm talking about generally that most listeners have experienced this, right? Oh, I thought you were I remember. No, I remember when I first got the, you know, pamphlet from the doctor, like, okay, we're going to, you're starting to get there and we're going to start and you open it up and it's like vaginal dryness. And I'm thinking, oh, what, what is that? And how's <laughs> that going to affect me? Because why does it have to even last that long? right like you just kind of like think about it like that it's a thing totally it's a thing as we know so anyway onward to the the mona lisa touch laser treatment what is it you may ask it is a medical procedure that delivers a type of therapy known as fractional co2 carbon dioxide laser energy to the soft tissue such as the tissue in your vagina. So basically my girlfriend had this said they went inside her vajayjay and lasered it. And she said um, it was very painful. Some of the side effects are discomfort in the vaginal or pelvic area, which she said, yes, light bleeding or spotting, pink to brown thin liquid from discharging from the vagina, swelling and redness to the vagina, aching, itching and tingling during urination she said it was very uncomfortable and you have to do it anywhere from three to six times for it to be effective she said she did it four to five at five hundred dollars a pop and it can be more or less than that depending on where you live and you know costs in that particular area but she said that um even though it says maximum results are typically seen in three treatments delivered approximately six to eight weeks apart she said she saw no improvement she was out about $2,500, and she was like, yep, nope. So then she tried an insert, Reveni. Re- well, wait a um, minute. Was she knocked out when she had this done, or did they give her some kind of, like, twilight or something? Well, or? Well, no. I know her, and I'm sure that she took an anti-anxiety, like, a yeah. Z- what is it, Xanax? Is that what I they call it? Yeah, she's I wonder how done. long the procedure lasted, how long each procedure lasted. Was you know, it it's like when, you're, when someone's sharing info about their vajayjay, you know, it's like, I, I said, can you tell me about this? And she told me what she told me. I didn't want to go, well, you know, tell me more. I don't know. I didn't want to be too. I'm just yeah. kind of curious what the total like um, session yeah. time is. Well, okay. the fact is it's crazy expensive. It's not mentioned in any of the articles as a fix and no. it didn't work. She yeah. also tried an insert, which she said she did not um, also did not work. Um, and I guess now she's on a pill, um, that she said has made, has made a difference. Okay. That's interesting. I wonder what that is. Um, I want- does she do other hormones or no? No, but let me see if I can figure out while we're, while we're chatting, what, what the pill was. Cause mm-hmm. I've never known anyone to go to that extent, but of course, this is not like a topic that many people talk about. Exactly. Unless you are like, unless it comes up. And, I'm not saying, and it's kind of like, 
it's not quite like childbirth, but it's not something that we're not going to talk about as women. Like, it's you just not talk about that. like, hey, how moist is your vagina? Yeah, exactly. It just or, doesn't come up. It's like, you know, men aren't going to talk about the fact that their penises aren't coming up. It's a commercial that we all know it goes on. Right. So it's just one of those things. All right. Before we keep going, the pill that she's on that she said is actually working is called Membracin. M-E-M-B-R-A-C-I-N. Hmm. She says it's two capsules daily and it has made a difference in everything. So just overall. Well, good for her. That's better. I hope that's better. Better. <laughs> I wonder if that is. Interesting. Yeah, but, you know, interesting that, like, you know, when, when she brought it up to me and said, hey, you know, you, you know, we always hear about erectile dysfunction. No one ever talks about painful intercourse for women. I was like, God, she's right. No, nope, they don't. They do not. And she's the only do. friend I've ever actually had discussions about because she said, oh, my God, I'm doing this thing, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, my God, you know, tell me about that. But, you know, it's not like I've sat and had the same conversation with all of my other friends. Well, you're right because at this point many of us have been past it but maybe when you were during it you would talk about hot flashes or you would talk about you would talk about I'm just so angry all the time or I forget stuff but I don't think that it's one of those things where you're sitting around right now I guess if there is such a thing we're in post-menopause right um so we weren't sitting around at the time talking about hot flashes and yeah I don't know even when I was in menopause it's like I went early so, yeah. Like I was doing it before a lot of my friends were, it's, I don't, I don't feel like it's something we all line up and have happen at the same right. time. And everyone's is so different that I didn't, mm-hmm. I don't know that I really talked about it much with anybody. Right. I think everyone talks about it now. Not a lot. The New York times article, by the way, I'm going to quote that before I forget it was women have been misled, misled about menopause. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I, I think things like that help start the discussion that we're having now, you know, sorry, that's my dryer telling me it's done drying. Um, yeah, I think so. I think you know, you're right. when it gets put in the public eye, then suddenly it's like, oh, we can talk about this. Right. No, I mean, back, you know, when I was young and people were anorexic and things like that, no one talked about now eating disorders is such a normal conversation that you can have and no one bats an eye. It's not a dirty secret. And there's a lot of things like that. Well, there's an entire like National Institute of Menopausal Women. I mean, there's all kinds of organizations set out about it to try and study it and understand more about it, right? So that was what the New York Times article was quoting too. Um, I do think that it, you know, everyone's case is different. It makes it really, really difficult because it's not a cookie stand. It's not like a cookie cutter solution to everyone's problem. Oh, no, everyone right? is different. That's exactly. Yeah, exactly. And some people didn't. Mine was a very interesting and different experience because I was on birth control pills, which are essentially hormones, right? For, for years. But they had to do that on purpose, right? To kind of stave off. Well, I was on it for years when I was still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was when your doctor kept you on it. She did. Yeah. Yeah. So it got to the point where um, I just, she just said, you know, I, I kind of would ask her every once in a while, should I still be doing this? Should I still be on it? And she's like, are you still having sex? And I was like, mm, I, I, I guess. <laughs> she didn't say alone or with someone. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's right. Um, but I, I think that she suggested that there have been studies. Now, this was some time ago, right? There have been studies that indicate staying on these birth control, since I had no problems, I'm not predisposed to issues is and and taking it through menop, you know, perimenopause where all these symptoms Mm -hmm. are, it's going to be 
a good thing. Oh, and that's nice. So you got to miss all of the. It's exactly right. That's why I never had a hot flash. <laughs> I mean, I literally have not. I never had a lot of maybe the, I do have forgetfulness. I think that's just part of being older too. Right. But I do, I never had like blackout periods, like where, where, you know, bad experiences with that. Like they talk about, um, probably sex was just not as enjoyable, but that's for other reasons. You know, it's just, it just wasn't, but I don't remember specific, but the hot flashes, the rage, the, the depression, the emotions, Mm -hmm. it did not, I did not experience it. And I remember it was about 53 and she said, okay, we're going to test and see. And she tested and she goes, and I, and there was a time I had to space it out when I wasn't like my period and whatever. Cause I was still getting periods at that point, pretty like normal, regularly. Every you been on the pill? Because usually on the pill, you barely get anything. Yeah, you do. No, I was, I was still getting hmm. them. Right. But it was still regulated. I knew when it yeah. was coming. I still had it the regular number of days. She's like, yeah, you're done. Your estrogen is so low. Yeah, it's time. So and I was like, um, I want to stay on them because estrogen is good for your skin and it helps you look younger. You know, it's like one of those, hor- it's a hormone that makes you look younger. And I'm like, can I stay on them? She's like, yeah, not really, but we can do other things about it. So in between that time, I had been talking to other women in my neighborhood, in my area. And one of them had suggested this, this doctor that, had like a two-year wait list or something for bioidenticals hormones and so it took me about a year and she called me and I was went into seer and probably for now six years I've been doing it and they are different my gynecologist was going to prescribe you know um medical regular like here's a prescription for your estradiol or estrogen or whatever it is and it's in a pill form and it's, you know, you just get it over the, like not over the counter, but it's a prescription for it. Yeah. The bioidentical, because bioidenticals are made from plant-based and they're supposed to be more, they're compounded mm-hmm. and they're supposed to be more like your natural hormones. Right. But there are issues with them because there are people that will say, well, they're not FDA approved. They're not, they're not completely FDA approved. Um, they are more of the natural choice and so are they health insurance covered or no? Nothing. No, they are not. So they're strictly out of pocket. They are strictly out of pocket. And they, um, I feel they're a little more safer. I do it for multiple reasons. I have um, osteopenia and very much osteoporosis runs in my family. Estrogen helps with bone density. So the disadvantage to bioidenticals is, at least for me and this doctor that I use, they are not covered on insurance. My doctor is not covered on insurance. I go to see her twice a year. She takes out each time and makes sure that my levels are, you know, in line with what it is because she can tweak that all the time, right? They can tweak it. I take estrogen and progesterone. You have to take those together. You absolutely have to take those together because they've determined since 1975 studies of hormone replacement therapy that you need the progesterone to offset the thickening of the uterine lining to uterus lining to to avoid you know cancers and other issues so you take the estrogen and progesterone together and you absolutely have to do that that's what i've been told and so that is like the religious thing i do and if i do testosterone testosterone you know is my hooch cream as i call it and it is a topical and i put it on every day now that 
is not necessary, I don't think, but I think it's kind of an, a balance too with everything that I well, do. What do they say? Do they have a specific that they say that addresses? Because obviously we know what estrogen addresses. It's the testosterone. I think yeah. our body has it. I think our body has it. I mean, that's why. Um, is that some why people, you have a mustache? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or, or acne, right? People okay. have higher levels of that. Mm-hmm. I think when you're younger, mm-hmm. it just kind of offsets it. I think everyone has it. I think that it's oh, yeah. just thing that drops. And so maybe it's to keep everything even because the purpose of the identicals is to keep your hormones at some level. I take very small amounts of it. And it's just, um, it's worked for me. And I, my bone density is not getting worse. It's mm-hmm. not going to improve at this point in my age, but it's right. not getting worse. And to me, that is completely worth it. Oh, sure. Now, the other stuff that my mother or your mother probably took was in the 70s. It was just like pills and they were prescribing it yeah. and they were only prescribing estrogen. Yep, that's they what my weren't mom took. Right. Mm-hmm. That's where breast cancer and blood clots and other cancers got. And they were just were like, it, it blew up and then it completely stopped. And so this New York Times article does an excellent job of describing the, you know, metamorphosis of it again, coming up and becoming popular because they determined that there is the, you need both to make it work as well as both to prevent it. Now, mm-hmm. it's always going to be a risk with anything you take and put in your body, no matter what, right? I mean, there's mm-hmm. a risk. Tylenol if you take too much of it, right? but it's the risk is small. The risk is so much smaller than what they originally thought. And so if you're not predisposed in your family or your history isn't going to show, you know, you don't have breast cancer in your family, it's probably going to work for you. Mm-hmm. And there are multiple reasons why. So I've never, like I said, I've never had a hot flash. I do get sweaty at night. I sleep hotter now that I think is just something that's one of those things. So mm-hmm. Um, I think it's, it's, it's worked for me. And like I said, it is expensive and other, other people might find someone that does it, that it's, um, you know, covered on insurance. It's not, Mm, I think it's unlikely. Yeah. It's not FDA approved. It's a perfect example of an insurance company is going to be like not touching that because then there's potential for litigation. Right. But again, to me, that's, that was so worth it. And I think that it was smart of my doctor my gynecologist to say, stay on this pill. You don't have problems. Your blood pressure is good. You don't smoke. Right. I mean, all of the things that, and I never had headaches and blood, yep. you know, fat, you know, people gained weight and everything went wrong with the pill when we were younger. I never had any of those problems. Mm-hmm. So it worked for me, it doesn't mean it's right for everybody, obviously, but that's what worked and has helped me yeah. get through. So yeah, I, t- I was lucky. I did not, my mom like was crazy. I did not have a bad, experience. I mean, I probably, the night sweats, I was having well before menopause and I, I still have that, you know, I'm I'm hot and I'm cold. I'm hot. I'm cold, whatever. But I did have hot flashes, but I would say the amount of times I had one during the day Mm -hmm. was, I could count, you know, under 10, you know, and it it just came and it went. I mean, it was, I wasn't one of those people that's having them constantly or anything like that. You know, I had the brain fog, but I also, you get that from having hypochondriasm, hypothyroidism, which I have. So like, Mm -hmm. in which I was going through at the same time. So a lot of the symptoms I had could have been either or, Mm -hmm. Um, but I didn't find it horrible to the point where I felt like I needed medical intervention. Um, But I, you know, I definitely know people who were like really struggling, who were like, I, this, I can't live like this. So it really impacts everyone differently. Uh, my mom was having hot flashes. I'll never forget. I was a teenager and she would just start stripping 
like in the middle of the living room, like, oh my God, I'm so hot. And she would just be like literally taking off all her clothes. You know, you're a teenager, like, oh my God, mom. Like I was like horrified. <laughs> She's like, yeah. I'm just so hot. I'm just so hot. And I remember thinking like, oh my God. But I never experienced that where I felt the need to take all of my clothes off in front of whoever happened to be in the room. <laughs> yeah, Love exactly. That. Some people really suffer that. Now, back to the sex thing. Mm-hmm. That's a tough topic for a lot of people because it just is. It's private. I, it is. But mm-hmm. I do not. I can't say that. I, 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 has my sex drive dropped? Because Yeah. Hell yeah, it has. Has it dropped because of my hormones and because of menopause? Or because it's dropped because I've been married for 50 fucking years and I'm fucking tired of having sex. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> let's be real. Okay. I haven't been married 50 years, listener. I'm not that no. old. Just, what is it? What's coming up on 34? It is. It's just my favorite joke. Mm-hmm. It feels like 50 years. So anyway, right? You like, married at nine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hey, so, right? I mean, so it's it's a combination of all of that well, stuff. Well, that, right? the sex drive thing, but the other things that I discussed where, you know, the, the sand oh. feels like sandpaper, tearing and bleeding, itching, burning, acidity, like those are all absolutely real real things tied to hormone, lack of hormones and and menopause for sure. Which I totally experienced too. Mm -hmm. I can't can't say all of them. I can't say all at once. I can't say every time, but I definitely have that. Mm -hmm. It is definitely something that's real. And it's like the first couple times you you put it together, like, oh, what's going on? Oh, that's what they talk about. It is. It is interesting. Oh, like (laughs) you're saying it like when I discovered what back fat was. When I yeah. was like, oh, that's back fat. I see it now. <laughs> no, it's not what yeah. I'm talking about. No, no, no. It's that, that light bulb moment exactly. where you didn't understand what people are yeah. talking about when you were younger. And then right. suddenly you go, oh, uh-huh. that's what you're talking about. Acidity. Right. Ow. Yep. Mm, got yeah. it. Mm-hmm. So that, is an, that was an interesting thing because you just didn't like think that was going to happen. But some or, people like, that my way case, worse like clearly like, your friend had way worse yeah. oh absolutely but I know you know in some of the symptoms I had like I had never had a conversation with anyone so then you're like oh my god what's wrong with me because no yeah. one you, you know much like there's so many things after you give birth no one tells you about like no one told me when I would bend over to blow dry my hair my the skin from my stomach would just be hanging there and I would just be like dear god what is that no one warned you like this is what it's gonna be like at first and don't freak out blah blah, blah. You know, it's the same with menopause and postmenopausal things like you, you, no one gives you a lot of the information. It's just kind of like, yeah, yeah, hot flashes. Yeah. Mood swings, brain fog. Okay. You'll get through it. And you're like, okay, wait, yeah, okay, dry vagina. all right. Yeah. You read about the dry vagina and you're like, Ew, what is that? And then all of a sudden you're like in there one day you're going, oh, no, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> like Ew. so many things in life, little light bulbs go on left and right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So it's, it's, it, it's definitely like it has become it. The good news is I see more and more about it and people are talking about it. So that's a really good thing. Well, it's good. For, and it's, I think by the time hopefully our, it gets normalized the way they've normalized yeah. erectile dysfunction and it will become yeah. something that, you know, is, is an easy conversation. It isn't something that's taboo or like, Oh, there's something wrong with you. And then they'll have advertisements for products and people will be like oh what is that I should get informed because right now you know with the exception of that article like it's still all in the QT there's barely anything about it it's you know right. like, Ooh, don't talk about that yeah it's exactly China. 
Right. We don't talk about that kind of thing, right? But we'll talk about Viagra and getting that. Like, okay, yeah. The last thing you fucking want when you have a dry vagina is like, make <laughs> this last a little bit longer. Yeah. Please take that pill. Four yeah, hours. Exactly. Yeah. I can't wait. Oh, <laughs> that was fun. Let's do it again in a half an hour. <laughs> I mean, I remember yeah. some of those commercials when they first came out and the woman sitting there like, oh, like just, you know, it was just ripe with anticipation. <laughs> the, old, the old guy taking the pill. You're like, okay, sure. She just couldn't wait. I mean, what was she doing in between? Like the time that it took her to, to, to stay more, what was she doing to stay moist from the time he took it until the time he was raring to go? I mean, well, she probably was having her, um, Mona Lisa. (laughs) I don't know, but I mean, but it is interesting too, and I will change the subject to this. It is very interesting still to me too, to see a lot more um, newsletters. You get stuff, right? You know, I know you get the New York Times, but there's other. CNN and the New York Times in the morning. Yes, I get some like Katie Couric Media does a, a newsletter and stuff. And there's a lot of different newsletters I get women focused and they are very much so talking about like women and sexual products and pleasure and ple- pleasuring. Okay, so our- mine are just hot, like the bullet points of what's going on today, both New York times and CNN. And yeah. they're like, you know, let's break it down. Ukraine, yeah, Biden, for- blah, blah, blah. You know, the earthquakes and there's nothing specifically geared towards women and anything I get. Yeah. There's, it's very um, interesting to me. The, um, the toy, the toy market and how women they're, they're really like pushing their, their, um, named, um, very subtle. They're named for women and women doing self-pleasure. And it's a very interesting, um, thing. I think that's the evolution, but I don't think it's like, it's, it's not like across the board everywhere. Right. It's very specific to the women. And I think it's, um, that is interesting to me too. Right. Cause that was never talked about either. Yeah, yeah, I have not seen any of those advertisements. So yeah, you're yeah. getting a very different newsletter than I am. Yeah. From CNN. <laughs> but it's, but let me tell you, they're not anything that's like radical, super radical. Like I said, it's Katie Cork media. Like she puts out a newsletter and so she's she not like goop where they have all of that. Yeah. Yeah. But that now goop's a little different because they're, they're more radical because mm-hmm. if you wanted to get that boudoir sex chair, that <laughs> is not exactly in everyone's budget. Or that thing where you stick your penis in it. Remember that thing? Yes, that's right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was not it. So we don't have that. So, but it is becoming more normalized, some of that stuff, which I think is a really good thing. So I think that's what's happening too, is menopause is becoming more normalized. It's well, just, as it should be, it happens to literally at 50%. Of 85%, 85% of women is what they said. 85. Oh, I think 50, I was meaning half of the, you know, men versus women, like half of the you know, yeah, population. It, right. Population, women population. Yeah. Versus, yeah I mean, versus. if it's 85%, the other 15%. How do they not go through menopause? They just have a period till they're 100? No, no, no. These are the women who have symptoms. Like symptoms symptoms that are severe enough to be disruptive to their everyday, whether it's the hot flashes, whether it's dry vagina, whether it's mood mood swings, Mm -hmm. whatever, right? For sure. So that's a big deal. So yeah. 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 So anyway, I know everybody. Yeah, their own so, experience. Everyone's got their own experience. I hope that everyone listening is the 15% that never had a single symptom, but yeah. I'm going to put money on the fact that at least one of you out there has experienced 
at least a hot flash. <laughs> at least something like that. Or hot yeah. night sleeping. That's oh, God, it's the worst. Ugh. It's like I used to bundle up and put covers on yeah. pajamas, and I love getting in there and comfortable. And now I do it for two seconds. I'm like, oh, my God, so hot. I know. Whipping the covers off. I mean, I am just the entire night just like throwing them off, putting them on, throwing them off, putting them on. It's just so mm-hmm. disruptive. I also think that the hormones have definitely, and I think it's disruptive to your sleep pattern. Mm-hmm. I do the other night anymore. Um, no, no, remember. never. I mean, you, I just don't. It's not CBD doesn't help. Booze doesn't help. That makes it worse. Right. But I mean, mm-hmm. just nothing make, because either I have to get up and pee mm-hmm. and Sometimes I can't get back to sleep or either I get hot and then it wakes me up. I mean, yep. Yep. I think that's part of it too. That's part of the hormone. Dip. Oh yeah. I have, I can't remember the last time I literally slept through the night. Like I, it just doesn't happen. Whether, even if I don't have to get up, it's like, I just wake up right. and then I'm like, and then I'm just trying to like, you know, shut my brain off. And then the more I try to shut my brain off, the more it's like, oh wait, blah, 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 blah. you know, I'm like, oh dear God. But it happens every night. Right. Right. And we haven't even gotten into like all the other fun stuff like digestive issues and, you know, all the other stuff that comes with aging and hormones shit, I'm sure. Right. All that stuff's probably in- like, like jowls, like Melissa and I can see each other right now like this mm-hmm. little, mm-hmm, or then this neck, like the chicken. Yeah. Mm, love that. Yeah. Or, Hey, let's look at these, these crows <laughs> right here. You're like that little crows walked all around my eyes. Mm-hmm. That's just the tip of the iceberg. I've got clothes on. Well, that's what estro- see. Estrogen helps with skin elasticity, so that's why mm-hmm. I was like, "Can I please stay on this because mm-hmm. it makes your skin more elastic, right?" It helps. So you could ask, So all right. So here's a question. So let's say yeah. for argument's sake, you go to the doctor. You want some estrogen cream for your vagina, right? For because it's dry. Yeah. Could you then put it on your face and fix your jowls? Yeah, I don't. Know. <laughs> okay. It's just a little thought. Like maybe we've just discovered something. Could be, I like don't we, know. You know, some yeah. doctors going to listen to this, steal my idea and make millions. And we're going to be like, oh my God, we should have followed through on that. Well, I think you can put it on your arm. I've heard different things on your arm. I don't know. I just got mine. And she's like, you just take this cream and you do it and you put it right down there every day. And I'm like, okay, now for the record, it doesn't go under, it goes on, it goes like in the front. So mm-hmm. I just put it on top there. So that's different, right? It's not going in yeah. anything. It's not I'm, yeah, I know all about that. I'm just wondering if there is like a way that you could just take that same thing and put it, fix your face. Hmm. There you go. And it's estrogen. You're saying that helps with the elasticity. So let's, why don't you try your hooch cream on your face and get back yeah. to us? Yeah, I don't think so. Mine's on estrogen cream. It's just. Oh, okay. Well, all right. So mm-hmm. yeah, all right. everyone me. out there who is on estrogen cream, can you do me a favor? Put it on your face and get back to us. Yeah, let, let us let know us- if you look younger in a couple of weeks. We're probably, yeah, if anyone hears that, they're going to probably, we could probably get sued. The diet, you know, something. like those people who, when Trump said something about some product and they ate their like fish tank cleaner because it had the same product and they died back this COVID. Kind of like the Clorox? The, yeah, the- something. It was like, it was like Trump said something about some product that, and it was something that had to do with a fish tank. And this couple was so freaked out about COVID mm-hmm. that they ate this product and they died. It was yeah. like, yeah. wait, what? You yeah. know. So yeah, I mean, don't sue us, but try it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So we, you know, if this is an interest, again, I'd be curious um, people's thoughts on this. So listeners, you know how to reach us. I mean, I'm just kind of curious your thoughts or if anything works or if you found anything, even if it's something as simple, like Susan only sleeps in silk pajamas. I I don't even, 
I don't even wear those anymore. I'm too hot. But I oh. only wore like sleep, like tank silk and little short pants. Yeah. Time, but even that I got hot in. So usually now I end up having to take those up too because I'm too hot. Okay, that's crazy. But you know, so so that I just remember when you were like, I sleep in these. Well, I couldn't wear anything more than that for sure. Yeah. Like if I wear anything, it's got to be just the slightest bit of pajamas because I'm just too hot all the time. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I still wear pajamas, but they're not that bad. But I don't get that bad. I sleep with the window open, though. That to me is like fresh. Well, I need fresh air coming in for sure. I do that when I can. Like at our house in Massachusetts, we're on yeah. the ground level. So like if Scott's in town, absolutely, the window's yeah. up. But if he's gone, you know, we're kind of remote. So I get yeah. a little like scared. Yeah. But you could just cut that screen and just come right in. Yeah. Um, and especially if it's not if it's not hot, like when it's cooler, like here winter in Chicago, mm -hmm. every night that door is open and I don't care. No, I, yeah, I would do it. Just all the time. If I, if I, if Scott's around and, yeah. and out here, the problem with our bedroom is we, we only have a sliding glass door with a screen. Yeah. And again, we're right off the golf course. We could come in our back gate, cut the screen, walk right in our bedroom. There. Yeah. So it's, like Maria has a screen on hers, so but some sort of steel thing that you can't just mm -hmm. cut through. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But ours is just, you know, it makes, it just makes me nervous that someone could just come right in. Agreed. But if, but believe me, if we end up doing a renovation in this house, I will do something so that I can have that open because yeah, that makes, it a, makes a big fresh difference. air makes a huge difference. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it sure does. So, but I'd like to hear if people have um, different experiences. Yeah, if anyone has a good menopause hack or dry vagina hack or yeah. painful sex hack or, <laughs> yeah. you know, brain Love fog hack, like any, any and all of the above, like, Love you to know. hear you. Love to hear from you. Yes. All right, Susan. I All think right, we did bye. a good job. You didn't. You didn't get too down the path of anything. I hope I didn't trigger anyone. No, the word vagina, vagina, vagina. No. <laughs> Not too much. Thank you very much. All right. Well, All right. Thanks for listening. All right, everyone. Adios. I'm.